like a typical Saturday night in Chris's life, we're going into a precarious position because Chris is going to have to debate on whether or not Pulp Fiction should have won something at the Oscars. So we're talking movies. We're talking who should have won Best Picture in 1995, Forrest Gump, Shawshank, or Pulp Fiction? Chris, look at the big brain on Brad. <laughs> you always pick the most obscure quote. But you know what? I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is, Scott. I also know what Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Uh, again, we're doing our countdown into the Oscars, uh, where we're going to be talking about whether Forrest Gump deserved its best picture win at the 1995 Oscars, or should it have been the Shawshank Redemption or Pulp Fiction? And before I step off, I again want to say, fuck you to the Academy for not including its craft services in its broadcast. Fuck you. Fuck you. Only two more shows of me telling you to fuck right off. Scott, take us away. <laughs> like, there's no even fucking like segue or anything. <laughs> it's just like, I'm an Anglican. What, what is it? It's like, what are those fucking like boxes people stand on? So like, boxes? When, yeah. And you're like, I'm on this fucking soapbox. <laughs> fuck you. Scotty, now be nice. And take this, away. <laughs> this is not relevant to my show, but I'm going to be an angry little gnome. Ah. <laughs> I mean, it is on brand. It is definitely on brand. It is on brand. Um, yeah, before we get into the actual film, do you know something that I found interesting while researching these three? How the babies Oscars? are made? Yeah, yeah, I have three of them, so I think I know. <laughs> I think I know. Um, do you know Tim Robbins wasn't direct, uh, like, wasn't nominated for any his acting in Shawshank? Yeah, it was Morgan Freeman. Yeah, like, even not even for Best Supporting. Which yeah. I thought was like shocking because he is like, you know, a big part of that fucking movie. Well, and for these, I actually got, I dug a bit deeper. I went into like, normally I'll do like Oscars and BAFTA, but like I even looked at like the SAG Awards and the Independent Spirits Awards. And you would assume that he would have gotten a nomination at least at the SAG Awards, right? He's an American actor. Da, da, da. Morgan Freeman did get a, a yeah. nomination but yeah he didn't get nothing fucking bup, bup kiss so yeah. so i think that should be the conversation <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm not prepped for that conversation uh but yeah, i mean I we, we could do it so okay so force go okay. did win and yes. the discussion on at hand is should it should shawshank or pulp fiction have been the winner so yet again i uh i got a bit fucking into this this topic so i i i think we should again start with you so that we don't automatically turn it into the chris show yeah so this is what i was thinking like i rewatched these films like i have um numerous times right like these all three of these films are films that i would watch over and over again but now watching all three at the same time um I'm, I'm personally i think it should like it should be shawshank like shawshank even now like i think it's afi like number one in the last whatever many years mm -hmm. um 
And I think Shawshank itself in terms of direction, in terms of the acting um, and the story itself, I think that one was the more perfect storm out of the three. Okay. Like even now with with um, Forrest Gump watching it over and over again, there's always little things in terms of the history stuff that you kind of always miss, right? Like anyways, like notice now, like after rewatching it so many times, I just realized like after this last viewing was the fact that he was named after technically the founder of the case. Yeah, Nathan, Nathan Bedford Forrest. And they used to put yeah. on their sheets and ride around like ghosts or spooks or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because as you're, and by your, I mean the audience, like their understanding of world events, as they grow or change, all of a sudden, yeah, you start being like, oh my God, that's <clears throat> happening? Like, oh my God, there he is at like, the first, you know, desegregation of, of a, a, a school in Alabama or whatever, you know, like the whole like raccoons comment and stuff. And you're just like, again, and I think this actually lends a lot of weight to what I, so let, let's just get it on the table. So you think that Shawshank should have won? I think so. Yes. Okay. So I, I think Forrest Gump did deserve it. And I think it is a definitely a competitive race. You definitely threw a curveball, making me have to talk about you know really one of my favorite directors and probably like the film that is his like we know reservoir dogs but pulp fiction fucking punched above its weight like it's made on an 8.5 million dollar budget brought in 214 million dollars at the box office tarantino becomes a household name you know what i mean yeah, well, even in terms of the budget itself, the only reason, like, majority of that budget is just the actors. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it, it was the budget was lower up until the end, until they um, they signed Bruce Willis. Yeah, and he's the one that bumped it up because he was having flops here, like in domestic, but he was still like doing huge. well in Europe and stuff, right? Yeah. Well, and they spent a lot of that budget on uh, the Jackrabbit Slim's uh, location or set or whatever, right? Like a big chunk of budget was spent on like really making that look like the diner that it is, which is, it is fabulously done. And again, I'm going to talk about each one of these films. Um, Yeah, like, why don't we just say how it is? Like, I chose this just so I could be Zed, you could be (laughs) Maurice, and I'm just like giving you a saying, like, say it, say Pulp Fiction did not deserve Say Pulp, there's better movies than fucking and directors than Quick. So unfortunately, the mistake you made is as much as I love Tarantino, Pulp Fiction is not on my top list of Tarantino films. So I'm actually very comfortable being more critical with Pulp Fiction. And I wouldn't even say critical. I just it's not my favorite Pulp Fiction. Like a lot of like It's not my favorite Pulp Fiction. Sorry, yeah, it's not sorry, it's not my favorite (laughs) Pulp Fiction. It's not my favorite Tarantino film. So again, like I don't, I don't mind having a conversation about why Forrest Gump is a better best picture. All three of these films are fantastic, by the way. Anybody listening, if you have not seen all three of these films, go watch them. They're great. Um, again, with Quentin Tarantino, we really got a sense of what he would his style. I would say that the the you know the use of like he does some of this in Reservoir Dogs, but it's kind of like bumped up the nonlinear format. Uh, again, is flushed out more. Really, use of ensemble cast, uh, contemporary music. You know, again, up. You know, again, with bigger budget, you can bring in more music. Uh, again, like you said, the actors are. There's all these like fairly 
some of them were actually put back on the map. Bruce Willis being one of them and John Travolta. And then all of a sudden we see and Samuel Jackson. Well, this Samuel Jackson one. hadn't, hadn't, you know, peaked and fallen. Bruce Willis and no, this is the one that like fucking put a rocket up. hundred percent. Yeah. And... Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. Um, but which I'm actually surprised your quote wasn't his whole. I thought I was gonna have like a 10 minute like Ezekiel. And you will like, know that I am your <laughs> brother. Yeah, that's a long. You're talking about his like Psalms 13, yeah. whatever that quote. Yeah, walk in the valley of the shadow of death or whatever. Uh, I thought that's what you were gonna do. I was like, I was getting ready to take a nap. <laughs> you're like, and we'll return to our regular scheduled program after this announcement. Uh, okay, so I think when it comes to best picture. So you did a really good thing last week and I'm actually really enjoying the format we're doing here because we're not, it's not like good movie versus bad movie. It's like great movies versus great movies. And like, we're, we're, we're in a world of like inches, which is the world I always live in. Um, and so you asked me something last week about why I had picked, you know, Brokeback Mountain. And like I said, like, well, it's, it's, it's big, it's got scope and stuff. And you were like, you pushed me to explain that. And I don't think I did a very good job last week. Cause I kind of was like, I didn't really know for myself. It was one of those things where it's like, I feel something about a film, but I can't explain the why. And so basically that brings me to like, what is our operational definition of like, what makes a best picture, a best picture. So for you, let's start with like, what is it? What does a best picture need to even be in the, in the running? Like, do now, you to, you're yeah. asking just me in general, right? Yeah, you not, in general. Not, yeah, not the academy, think, not anything yeah. like that. You specifically. Like me, it's the perfect storm. You have, like, there's, it's the one film of the year that had, that when everything got put into a blender, it's just like, it's fucking, it's John Travolta saying goodbye to Uma Thurman, right? Mm-hmm. Just like, mwah. You're just like, it's all, it, it makes, without each piece, this film would not be, like, it wouldn't be the same. Sure. And it's the ensemble and it's the effort of all of them together. Now, in my opinion, you can have a best picture, but, you know, and best actor could be from a different film because one one person could have done, you know, just like fucking like sports, you can have one superstar in one film, and the team can that, still lose. Oh, yeah, I mean, or, as, as that, someone who's Portuguese, you really understand that with Cristiano Ronaldo. So, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> do you have anybody that's German? That <laughs> no, because we have entire squads that are good. We don't need yeah. we, German. So, the uh, German teams you compete as a team. Yes. So here, here is my um, here. Here's how many my World Cups? How many World Cups do you guys have? Eight, don't worry. Uh, here's my definition. Um, and, and we'll use soccer as, a, as an example or football. You know, a best pitcher should be Manu, or not, sorry, Man- Manchester City, in which you don't have one individual that's the all star, like a Cristiano Ronaldo or a Messi. Mm. It's pieces together that literally are on the same page and can just dominate and take possession uh, for 90 minutes of pure entertainment and then you know just keep on driving it in the back of the net or Not one person's the star or and i can't i for fi- i finally can make this reference or the canadian men's national team in soccer the way yeah, they're exactly. playing right now 
each one of those players, some are good, some are better. I mean, but even without Alfonso Davies, we still hammered the shit out of the Americans. And we beat the Mexicans, so. Well, okay. you have to go that far. Like, well, that's true. Though. Like, those, are both, <laughs> those are both really good teams, and we, we did it with, like, our ensemble cast versus, like, one really star player. Yeah, um, exactly. So, okay, so Shawshank and Forrest have a similar, you know, feel. Like, they're kind of period pieces. Pulp Fiction's a very, like, contemporary. It's, you know, it's basically taking place in essentially the 90s like it's 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 modern it's current why yeah, 70s music. some of it's 70s music yeah um why why did you put shawshank over for so i just want you to dig into that a little bit more yeah like i said like in terms well if you look at any critique now um right shawshank is in number one for the afi Right? Okay. Like it's it's the best movie ever made. Or no, no, made no, no. in the last. Yeah, it would maybe within recent because yes. uh they still have Citizen Kane as number one and Sight and Sound put Vertigo as number one, right? So it wouldn't be their top one hundred. Yeah, I think in the time. last like thirty years or something like that. Whatever sure. lists they have, right? Um and I think like I was saying, I think it's an it's a 100% ensemble piece that not only, you know, Morgan Freeman killed it, Tim Robbins, like, I'm surprised, like, he didn't get nominated for any kind of acting. He killed it. Um, where you have that, that juxtaposition in which he even says it, like, he, he was straight and narrow in the real world, and he had to come to prison to be a crook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But there's even there's even things that, you know, you can go above and beyond if you want. You can make your own fan fiction with this film in which, you know, like it's out there too, like all the little theories that he did kill his wife. Right. And he was planning his escape from the beginning. And, mm -hmm. you know, he was making sure the he like manipulating everything. And if you go in like what if you go in through that rabbit hole and you watch the movie it's a totally different experience than re-watching it and i think some of the the drama that's put into place and in what most likely prison life was like for people back then especially when you're dealing with you know the group of the sisters and then the group of how you know that was the one thing I was surprised because this was this film was sixties, right? Like the timeline. Yeah, that's kind of well. It's like I think late fifties, early sixties when he goes to jail in that kind yeah. of time frame, and then and then he's there what thirty years or something. 20, 25, 20, 20 okay. or something like that. But yeah, like, um, and, and it was like to me, like Frank Darabont did an amazing job as a director. Not bad for a first feature, eh? Yeah. <laughs> this is his like, first feature film. Fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like even the other ones he's done, like The Green Mile, uh, The Mist, right? Like he does really well with Stephen King adaptions. So just just a quick sidebar, just because I got some interesting notes in each one of these films. So he gave uh, Stephen King uh, $5,000 to get the rights to do uh, Shawshank Redemption. Stephen King never cashed the check and then gave it actually back to him, to Frank. 
and said, uh, with a note that said, in case you ever need, need bail money, love, Steve. And like, that's what he gave back to him. And this is a film that made $75 million on a $25 million budget. So like Stephen King was totally within his rights to not only cash that check, but like exercise some of the other options around it. And he was just like, nah, it's cool. Like that's fucking class, man. That's fucking super classy. Yes, I agree. But like, <laughs> like, I don't know what you want me to say. You didn't. Like, I'm pretty sure he's like, I don't really need the fucking five grand. That's that's <laughs> also true. He's like, I'll take a shit and write a book during that time. I mean, it, <laughs> I guess it depends on how bad his cocaine habit was. Like, which period of Stephen King's life we're talking? Because there was a while. Um, I'm sure no, the five thousand yeah, dollars could have been very useful. <laughs> No, this he would have been <laughs> clean and narrow by that by this time, but yeah, like and and I think in terms of like even now, like all three films are great to watch, but I think I think Pulp Fiction has aged a bit in terms of its pulp character references and everything like that. Um, same with Forrest, that Shawshank, even if you watch it now, it's still, it's aged super well. Sure. Okay. Now, tell me why, you know, Quentin Tarantino is not a good director and his film suck. So, I'm not going <laughs> to answer that question. <laughs> so, let, let, let's do a bit of head-to-head here. Okay, so... Forrest Gump was nominated for 13 Oscars and it won six. So it won best picture, best director, best actor for Tom Hanks, adapted screenplay, film editing, and visual effects. Shawshank Redemption, seven Oscar nods. It didn't win any. So that's kind of crazy. It didn't win any of its Oscar uh, nominations. And Pulp Fiction was nominated for six Oscars and it won best original screenplay uh, for obviously Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So it, it, it only won one out of those. So, you know, Forrest Gump definitely went to the Oscars and fucking took it like a box of chocolate and fucking ate it all. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> so here's my, what I need to see out of a best picture or what I try to, you know, find in a best picture. So first off, let's remember that the Academy's goal, like it's actual mission state mission statement is Advancing the arts and science of motion pictures. So when I look at his best picture, what I want to see is that first off, it has to have, like you said, all, all the ingredients, right? The script, the acting, the casting, the you know special effects, if it's going to have any sound design, editing, all that stuff. And I would argue that every, th- every single one of the films we're talking about has all that because that's your fucking baseline, right? You know, Power of the Dog doesn't have good direction, doesn't deserve to be on that fucking list. Just wanted to you know throw that fucking poke that bear. Very quickly. You can't wait for two weeks when we <laughs> actually do this year's Oscars. I fucking footage. hate that movie. Um, and including like cinematography and stuff like that as well. So to answer your question from last week, when I talk about scope, what I'm actually talking about is like the cinematic experience. And so a, an example of this would be if you've ever seen Lawrence of Arabia, it's like those wide open shots of the desert, right? You know, the, you know, any film that's got really big cinematic moments. So in this year's Oscars, just as an example, like something like what Villeneuve does imagery wise, it's got to be big. It's got to, it's got to have this big, big, big space to it. 
Yeah, like yeah, I hear on. what you're saying. Wait, wait, in, okay. in terms of Loris, but like if you're going to the audience, uh, you might want to do something more recent. And I would probably say- How more Abby's- recent than the fucking Oscars that's in three weeks? No, I'm talking about, because you're saying Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, I have I'm some other you ones. Probably wanna, you can use Nomad you Land. Wanna, uh, I was going to say Avatar. Yeah, Avatar would work too. So Avatar actually has yeah. another component to it as well. You the can, technology side. The technology side, which is the the art, the art, science side of, of, of filmmaking as well. But the most important to me, and this is, and okay, I want you to get ready to hear what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. I'm, because, I'm because this is one place that my friend, Quentin, to this date, I feel has always lacked enough of this next thing. And that's okay, why wait, wait, wait. Let me prepare myself for this. So it's the emotion, it's the emotional hook or the emotional gravitas. Quentin Tarantino has yet to make a film. He's gotten close, I would think, with like Shoshana in Inglorious Bastards, and then some of the stuff with Django and his wife in Django Unchained. But like there needs to be an emotion doesn't always have to be happy or, or sad, but it has there has to be an emotional hook in a best picture. Now again, all of these are subjective in one in, in one way because we only get to decide on the films that actually make it into the nomination process, right? So you can't look at all the films and go, well, that that one's better. You're kind of given a pie, and then you need to try and, like you said, find all the ingredients in that one pie and go, which one of these slices is the best or whatever, right? So Quentin Tarantino still doesn't, again, I, 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 you're not emotionally drawn in for the most part into a, a Quentin Tarantino film. They're highly, highly... No, like not really. You got the bride, like fucking like... It doesn't mean that there's no emotion, but I mean, okay. So I would say that like one of the biggest emotional moments for me in the Shawshank is when Brooks is out of jail and he's just, just, he can't do it, right? He's so institutionalized. He's super unhappy. And he, you know, is penning that letter to um, the guys back in jail. And he's just like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I'm not going to. And he hangs himself. Like, that's one of those things where it's like, bang. Like, you automatically connect with that character. So, in Pulp Fiction, there is definitely none of that. Like, again, you're not emotionally invested in any of these fucking characters. Which is fine. It's a very entertaining film. It's very well shot. Go ahead. I I would say, I'd say in terms of all the characters, probably Buck, Bruce Willis's character you are. Like, Again, when he, I, had, a I'm wa- not when he talking... had a walk and explain how, you know, how, yeah, how he, he, kept that, that he kept that watch <laughs> up his ass. And then I kept that watch off his ass, uh, up my ass, so that I could bring it <laughs> to you. Um, again, I'm not talking that there's no emotion, but I'm talking like an emotional hook. Um, so that's what I want to see in a best picture. So when I'm evaluating all of these things, I'm, I'm looking for that. And uh, so they all had the basic ingredients. All the acting was good. They all have interesting stories. So Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction is off the table right away because it's not, it's not grandiose. It's not big enough for me. It's not cinematic enough for me. Go ahead. No. no, Okay. We'll get rid of Pulp. Now you use the, the example of Shawshank. What was it for Forrest? Because you picked Forrest. Okay. So I'm going to get to that. So Pulp Fiction is off the table because it's not cinematic enough for me and it doesn't have the emotional hook. So it basically like loses in two of those categories. So this one's actually more complicated for me. And it was actually, again, on the rewatch, I thought that Forrest Gump was going to walk away with this. And at the end, I had to like really, really just sit and make my final decision, which is still Forrest Gump. 
So Forrest Gump wins because of the technological advancement, like all the green screen. Because we forget, it's sort of like Jurassic Park. You watch Jurassic Park now, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, dinosaurs. I mean, like, fucking how hard is that to do? Except it was insanely hard to do when they did Jurassic Park. The green screen work that they did in Forrest Gump, both with uh, Lieutenant Dan's legs and all, like, the fact that all those historical moments, right? Like, putting Forrest in them and stuff like that. Like, that was insane. Like, the level of fucking technological achievement that is achieved there. And the cinematic scope of Forrest Gump. Emotionally, it's a bit superficial. Like, you're never, like... Again, the reason I used the quote I did at the beginning of the show, like, that is one of the places where I did feel like I connect, you connect. They're like, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Like, that's a very intense moment. But I think Shawshank had a better moment than that. But it doesn't have the technological advancements, and it doesn't have the scope. Like, Forrest Gump is, again, like, especially, like, when he, like, because, like, he's in Vietnam, and then he's, like, running across America. Like, those skyline, like... It's again, it's a beautiful film to watch. Um, and again, you know, as much as the acting is very, very good in all of these films and in Shawshank with all like everybody again, uh, you've got Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman, James Whitmore, who played Brooks, who got a genie award, which is, uh, a, uh, Canadian screen award now, um, for here to life Forrest Gump. Remember Tom Hanks becomes Forrest Gump. Like he, like None of these, like, Morgan Freeman's not putting, having to do, like, an accent, nothing like that. Either's Tim Robbins. Like, Forrest Gump is not a real person. He, like, created that character. That is fucking amazing. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, like, where I am with, uh, with, the, with, the, with those two things. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, especially with Gump in terms of technology. And I think nowadays, and it could just be in terms of the circles that I'm in, but... I would say in terms of Robert Zemeckis itself, like he, I don't think, I don't think, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, not many people, you know, hail him for all the technological stuff he does in terms of films. Well, who framed Roger like, Rabbit? Like, we forget, like, how groundbreaking that was at the time. Well, or even the motion capture stuff he, he's done with, you know, the Polar Express and Beowulf and A Christmas Carol. That's right. Right. We're using that motion capture. Now, you know, you can see like, you know, um, since it's out, like you'll have like a Matt Reeves, you know, Planet Planet of the Apes films in which, you know, um, the apes look 100% real and it's all motion cap, but without the work that, you know, Zemeckis was doing almost 20 years ago, he, like that technology would never have advanced. That's right. right. So, but so, but you no, just say it okay. again. Yeah, just, yeah. Say it. just say it. I'm right. Just, I just like saying. It. I don't hear it enough at home. Just you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting because the so the whole that cinematic experience. Um, Frank Debernot, Debra, 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 I don't know how you actually say it. Darabon. Yeah, that's how. So he I actually think. wanted it more cinematic and it was roger deakins who's a fucking legend cinematographer was like no because he wanted that claustrophobic feel and it works like i i get it but it's one of the things that takes it out of my running as a truly big like a true competitor for forrest gump 
I mean, I'm not <laughs> suggesting I know more about fucking cinematography than fucking Roger Deakins. I'll tell you. Like, so listen to this. So this is this is the list I have for Roger Deakins films: Fargo, Kundun, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, No Country for Old Men, The Reader, True Grit, Skyfall, Prisoners, Unbroken, Sicario, Blade Runner 2029, and 1973. And the reason that list is so long is not just because I like those films. Every single one of those fucking movies was nominated for a fucking Oscar in cinematography. Like, you look at this guy's list, and it's like every year he'll do, like, one or two movies, and every year, like, one of them basically ends up on a fucking Oscar list. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'll say... And he works with Villeneuve a lot, and Villeneuve's from Quebec, which is sort of part of Canada. Oh, it's a can-can moment. (laughs) (laughs) Can-can. I'm making it a thing. It's a can-can With my poutine and my maple syrup. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, like, and, and that's one of the things I do like about Shawshank because it is 100% claustrophobic, right? Mm. Like from beginning and, and, but that's the thing, like it's beginning to end. Like I, that, that is my one criticism of it is like when, when you had like spoilers, like this movie is fucking old, but once you had the escape and he was outside of the bars, it should have opened up. It should have been. Yeah. Exactly. He wasn't caught anymore. And, and that was, that was a, like when you look at the pit, the poster as well, right? Where you have the him with his shirt, like blowing in the wind in the rain. Like, like a Michael Jackson moment. video in the early 90s or whatever. Or in the early yeah, 2000s. Yeah, but it, even there, like, you know, you could have had that in there instead of him just like throwing off his clothes like all happy but it still was like a medium close-up shot you never saw like him like even the end scene where like they go to that small fucking place in mexico and it's literally just looks like they're on an island and they're yeah, again that, too, that's right? a place where you could have pulled the camera i don't know why i'm pulling back from my microphone uh pulled the cameras back because like you said like so because then what you do is you get that contrast Right, we've gone from this world that's this big, and then all of a sudden it's like that's so free. It becomes this is freedom. Freedom is the expanse. Freedom is is hot tubs at at, at Parliament Hill and a bouncy castle. That's what freedom is. Yeah, but it also <laughs> also it could be juxtaposed as well that even in the outside world they have to be enclosed, right? They like technically that island, like that ocean, is their walls now. They're still. I'll take ocean wall versus fucking prison yeah, walls any day. But I, you know what I'm mean? just saying, you know, because I picked Shawshank and I don't want to. I want to be like, fuck! I'm cutting it down now. <laughs> they're, like I said, they're they're both, and so this is interesting. So, you know, I'm looking at the Rotten Tomato score. Let's talk audience, right? So Force has got a 95, uh, Shawshank has a 98, and Pulp Fiction has a 96. All like, the audiences love these fucking movies. Critic-wise, Forrest Gump, 70, Shawshank, 91, and Pulp Fiction, 92. So the critics, again, they like the two other films, but the audience all like them kind of relatively the same. And I, you're a Spielberg guy, so I want to know if you agree with this statement. Forrest Gump has a Spielberg feel to it to me. It feels like almost like the fantasy world that Spielberg makes, like his style. And I don't mean like Jaws. I mean like more like Jurassic Park and stuff like that. Like the bigness that that Spielberg Spielberg does very well with a large, big picture. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. But I wouldn't say like to me, it doesn't really have a Spielberg feel. Uh, Since you're putting me on the spot, like... 
hey, you did it to me last week, and you tried to fucking, yeah, yeah, tried like, to fucking pull to the think, carpet out of me, yeah. my magic uh, Tarantino carpet out, so fuck you. <laughs> Make you go yeah, after would, one of your directors. Yeah, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say Spielberg. I would say maybe, um, and this is going to sound weird, but I would say maybe like an Oliver Stone. Like this has like a JFK kind of feel to me. Right? It's not political enough, of, though. It's like it's it's no, no. But you're reworking, about, you're reworking history. Kind of thing, yeah, right? I mean, Oliver Stone, especially his like earlier work, is a lot more like I don't want to use the word gritty, but like violent. I don't know. It's got more of an edge to yeah. it. I like yeah, Oliver Stone, in my opinion, doesn't really do fluff. Like this is fluffy. It's cotton candy, man. Like, Wait, didn't he do an interview on Showtime with Putin? Doesn't he yeah, have a yeah, yeah. He has a whole, he has a whole thing about the Ukraine. Ukraine. I, I don't want to get banned in Russia or the Ukraine, so I'm not even going to fucking walk there. I'll make fun of our own freedom people here. Um, so can can I just actually talk about something in Pulp Fiction that I think is it's very tragic that happened. So it was edited by Sally Mank, which, by the way, I, the one thing that so Forrest Gump won the editing award. Eh, I'm pretty sure Pulp Fiction should have watched that. The transitions. There's cross-cutting, there's non-linear format, like, there's dissolves, like, the, it's, 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 it's a beautiful, it's like a fucking masterpiece in fucking editing. And there's fade to blacks. Yeah, like everything. There's like rain. Rain is not editing technique. Like, delusion. Um, Ooh, there's credits. Yeah, like, I think Pulp Fiction should have won the editing award over Forrest Gump, So, and I'm very comfortable having that conversation. And so, it was edited and glorious bastards right and you're like oh well so what happened well unfortunately she died in 2010 while hiking with her dog in uh, just in los angeles or whatever of heat like heat exhaustion and they found her body like later that day like kind of like you know at the bottom of a ravine or whatever and it's just like it's just a very tragic thing um and, and django was uh you know kind of uh credit d- dedicated to her and stuff like that and yeah like her and quentin tarantino had a great working relationship uh, I would assume the same way that I can't remember the editor's name, but um, do, 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 Martin Scorsese has worked with the same editor, female editor as well forever. And that's why at the beginning of the show, the, the removing of the editor from the live broadcast is such bullshit. Like all the other categories I, I, I don't think should be taken out either, but you don't have a movie without editing. And especially if you're working with someone like Quentin Tarantino who shoots, still shoots on fucking film. Like, you have to fucking transpose all that on the slides and then fucking edit it together. And, like, your movie is not a movie without fucking editing. So fuck you, Academy. Mm. Fuck you. What other ones did they take out? I don't know. They took out editing. I think they took out all the music stuff. So, like, score, uh, original song. Uh, They did all the short categories. So they're not going to do like song performances, like they. I'm not sure. I like again. I I had a whole list of them. Uh, The editing really stuck out because it's like. Did they take out costume design? They took out hair and makeup. I'm not sure about costume design, Um, but again, like all of those are important. Like making a movie, making a film is a collaborative process. But at editing, like if you're taking out editing, you might as well take out fucking best director. You might as well take out fucking lead actor because, like, you like you. It is a fundamental component, and I'm really not or trying just to combine margin. lead actors and lead actress and make it one. Sure, sure, whatever. Like, if I I know this is your soapbox, and I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to go on my so. Uh, I'm going to go on my little soapbox here. I think this is really 
kind of where our culture is right now, where you're constantly listening at the criticism, right? Mm. Everybody's constantly criticizing how long this shit is. Like to me, and like to me, the Oscars, like the Academy, like I don't really watch it anymore. And it was once they started playing that fucking orchestra when people who's dedicated their work are doing their speeches and they start playing the orchestra saying it's too long because mm. it was all about like narrowing it down like they had to be under time and, and I think that's the same thing too right like I think too many people especially like network executives and whoever is producing it is constantly hearing how it's too long and too boring so they need to edit it out mm-hmm. and they need to cut it down cut it down and it's going to get to the point where I think Seth, Seth Rogen, who Canadian, pretty much just said like the like casual viewers, nobody gives a shit about the Oscars. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Once they start taking everything away, all this criticism, it literally kind of a cancel culture thing in terms of themselves, or they're canceling themselves because who. It's like, you know, the well, who is your audience? Like who, and again, we uh, <laughs> we can talk about this a bit in our uh, after show component or whatever. Actually, let's do that. Let's uh, let's have a little bit conversation after. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Forrest Gump deserved to win. I think it was a tough race. Definitely with Shawshank. Uh, Pulp Fiction, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't didn't have the stuff to be best picture. But the fact that it basically dominated the Indie Spirit Awards, it won five Indie Spirit Awards. Uh, sorry, got nominated for five and it won four of them. It won indie feature director uh, Jackson won for his lead uh, and it won screenplay. And I would the example I would give is Zola is also up for because the Indie Spirits Awards haven't happened. Feature director, female lead, cinematography and editing. Um, so it's it's in the same vein as Pulp Fiction. And as I said last week, as much as I like Zola, I don't think Zola has the stones to be in the best picture category. But like I said last week, Indie Spirit, I, I, I hope it rock, rocks that place because it is a fantastic independent piece of cinema. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. How's the voting done? Do you know anything about this? I, it's, I, yeah, it's 100% hashtag 100% um, on Twitter. Wait, so wait, wait. wait. Li- Twitter is literally the way they're they're tabulating the votes. The fan favorite, yeah. So <laughs> the fact that... But you know how easy it is to game that, especially if you have a radical fan base? <laughs> like, yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. I hope to God it fucking ends up being... I hope Taylor uh, Swift wins. <laughs> well she wasn't in a movie but, but no no um, no i don't mean like i don't mean a movie with taylor swift i mean taylor swift the musical artist wins no no the fan ha- favorite has, movie yeah yeah it has to be it has to be a it has to be a movie production by rod shaver vader monkey productions